Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's way more expensive. Oh, yeah, so he'll never sign with Toronto. Oh, hi, we're on the air. Okay. Um, hey, everyone. Uh, yes, so we're streaming live now. Um, and uh, really quickly, um, <laughs> we didn't get any. I didn't get any 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 help from my from my from you guys out there for the prog rock argument from yesterday. But I didn't get it. You guys didn't get anything either. For what it's worth, um, Evan Evan perhaps some some summarized best by saying arguing about which prog rock which band is prog rock makes me want to put a gun to my head. But that's okay, Evan. Um, no. Um, Reef, sorry. Um, I dig prog rock and I dig the prog rock talk being on the prog bring on the prog podcast. There you I'm go. Not, I'm not sure if Sticks is prog, but they definitely suck. <laughs> oh. Well now now they do. Now that they're basically like a karaoke band, but in the seventies they put out a new album. They're not a karaoke band. I know. I'm just saying it's come oh, yeah, on. Just be a mic. It's fine. <laughs> Oh God! What? All right, let's get going here. Ready? Yes. Okay. Hello, Aki World. It's Thursday, August twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I am Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is a podcast that comes every Monday through Friday, all year long. Whether it's summer, whether there's news, whether there's nothing to talk about at all, um, we're here for you. Um, to get you through, and we're getting close, and we're only you know a month from now, we'll really be in in great places as far as hockey goes. But, actually, um, in, actually, in a couple weeks, like rookie yeah. tournaments will yeah, be starting. Weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks away. This is the last two weeks of August are definitely you know this is when a lot of people take off. But um, we do have some news, and we're going to do a lot of quick hitting things today, and then we are going to get into our preview of the Calgary Flames, which is which was a fun one to work on. So uh, I think we'll have a fun time doing it. And to start with Calgary, actually, a little bit, because my rumor that I'm putting out today, and, and it seems to be gaining a lot of strength, and I've been talking about kind of all summer that this was the place, the only place I really was hearing that was had, had serious interest in Yager, is the Calgary Flames. And, um, you know, I've I, I mentioned it before, I mentioned it many times, I think, but but Yager does bring a certain something to a team still at, his, at this point in his career. But I can see why that something wouldn't be something you'd want around for more than like two years. I could see where Florida would be, you know, where, where Florida's has then happened back. And I mean, Yager, Yager's initial thing, and I think this is really hard to get unless you've been around these guys enough to, to, to see it firsthand sometimes in the locker room, is what Yager means to the players who play in hockey. Play hockey. Like these guys do look up, up to him. They do see him as something that, you know, like I, I know a couple of them, you know, a couple of them have jokingly said to me, man, I used to play him all the time in video, video hockey. He was the guy I was, that kind of thing. So when these kids grew up, Yager was. You know, Yager played with Mario Lemieux for crying out loud. That's a legendary thing. Too. Yeah, but on this team, he's going to have to play a third line role. Is yeah. he willing to do that? Is he? And he's not going to. And to be honest, on this team, he's not top power play. I know. I know. That's going to be the big question because he does definitely 
I think what I heard is this is the first time that Yager hasn't really put a lot of the restrictions on okay. for signing. Like, and that's why he, you know, that, that's why he didn't make it in Philly. That's why he didn't stay in Boston. Even was at a point at one point, you know, when he was renegotiating a contract, those teams wanted him to stay, but they they all said, you know, yeah. um, he's. He, I mean, he said he would have to. He would be guaranteed, be guaranteed first or second line minutes. This so. this could this could also be a leverage play here because one of the few restricted free agents that are unsigned is Sam Bennett. And Sam Bennett primarily, I mean, he was drafted as a center, but he's been playing right wing for them. If you look at their depth chart, it's either Froelich or him is the number one offensive right. right winger. And if Yager comes in, then I think Bennett will lose some offensive opportunities. He hasn't signed his new deal yet. I'm assuming that they're they're haggling over a price tag. And he's not in a position to demand a long-term contract, so he's probably going to get a bridge deal. But if they bring in a Yager, then I think it would limit Bennett's numbers because Yager would be put in offensive uh, possibilities. Yeah, but Troy Brower would be on the top wing before before Yager. I don't know. I don't know. Troy, Troy Brower did not have a big year last year. Yeah, but he's good enough, experienced enough, digs enough in the corners. He still had 13 goals. Yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, I mean, we know we both know and like Bennett's offensive ability. I mean, I think you know if you're talking about who's who's in a better position to grow as a player and you know be a top line, top six guy, I think it's Bennett. I mean, Brower is a good role player. You know, third, you know, second line, third line, maybe even well, not not fourth line for them, but yeah, I think Bennett would be in a position to be a top six guy on that team. I'm just saying I go Brower over for Leak is all I'm saying. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But for Leak had a good year last year. Yeah, good year. He had 17 goals, no question. I just I think like I said, the greasiness of Brower I think is a even though for Leak is a terrific two-way player, I like the greasiness of Brower. I yeah. do. Yeah, I do too. I kind of agree with you there. I, I mean, I think that Yager will get more minutes than than you expect, but I also think that Yager doesn't want to play as many minutes as he played in Florida. I think I think well, that I think there was too much too much emphasis put him on, on him in Florida. Well, the injuries probably helped cause that, and it was a bad fit in that regard. And that's why I still give. And you know, there. I mean, this is there are still rumors, as you're reporting, of him seeking NHL jobs. But if you think about it, the the story that came out a couple of weeks ago about him going to play in the Czech Republic, him going to play in the Olympics, and then coming after the Olympics to play in the NHL makes a lot of sense because he probably wouldn't have to work very hard, uh, wouldn't get a ton of ice time, and would come in with maybe 15 games to go in the NHL season fresh and able to choose a team, and he could you know, come in for a prorated amount. I think that's just as likely as him signing on with restrictions to an NHL team. Yeah. I think so. The only thing about that is, is I think Yager is, is is a real habitual person, and I think he wants to be in a training camp. He wants to be doing all this stuff. You know that that, that he really. I, I always got the sense that he feels like he has to, at his age, he has to work. Obviously, has to work harder than anybody else, right? To make this, to to stay in shape and to be able to be able to play. And he, he can't skate as we know with everybody else, but he still can shield the puck as well as anybody sure. in the league. And um, he he brings that to the table. So. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I kind of. I'm more along the lines of. Uh, I think he's going to play in the NHL this year. But I, I, it, it wouldn't. It makes sense on on a certain level. But he also has retired from international play. I do think he doesn't like the pressure of the international play anymore. Um, I don't think he. I don't think he loves the old Czech 
system. I think I think he, I don't think he's a fan of the coaching and all that stuff that goes on over there. You mean the checks and balances? <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. You know that the, they have they have a definitely an interesting international hockey group over there in the Czech world. So I don't think that's a big you know thing for Yager there. But uh, you know, I, I it could it could happen. I mean, it, you could see it if if it happens. You know, he might end up saying that this was the plan all along. But I don't think it is. Like that's how I feel about it. You know, like I feel like you could say, oh yeah, the plan all along was this. But I think the plan all along was to get into camp with the team in the NHL. I really do. I think that he's about that. You know, and he does bring a lot. He does. He brings a lot of experience, and he brings a real workman ethic to to the team. And and he is like a coach. He is like another. He's like a player coach, which we don't really have any anybody comparable to him in, in the league. And you know, he has like a definite impact when he first gets to a team. And I don't know how long that impact lasts. If it's a whole year, or now it's like a half a year, or what. But he has an impact. Definitely yeah, that's has. why I still think it's better to sign him in the second half of the year. I do. Yeah. If yeah. I'm a team, that's what I'm going to try and do. Like, I, I literally – I don't want Yarmir Agar out there to start the year. I just don't. You know, I mentioned Sam Bennett, and we're, we'll talk more about the Flames a little later on. But I, in, in looking up for things to talk about for today on the show, you know, there are still fi- there are still 15 restricted free agents that are not signed. I know. And we talked we talk Pasternak, and uh, we've talked Connor Brown a few times, but – you know, a, a guy like Marcus Foligno who got traded from Buffalo to Minnesota, he's still unsigned. Wenberg, who had a big year, Russ, for, for Columbus, he's unsigned. Um, Nikita Zadorov, who we mentioned uh, a couple days ago regarding, you know, Colorado's situation on defense, you know, he's been threatening to go to the KHL since late July, and he's still around. And a guy like Bo Horvat, who scored 20 goals last year, he's I think he's looking for the long-term money. And I'm not sure if Vancouver wants to pay him the long-term money. You know, note to Zadorov's agent. It's better to go to the KHL before the season starts than to stay here and threaten to go to KHL while the season's already occurred. That sort of ruins your your bargaining power. It really does. Because, you know, we just – I have a source over there, and Ska has too many defensemen already – I'm sure the good teams already have too many defensemen, so he's not going to be on a good team. He's going to end up going to a middling team there. Yeah. yeah, and and yeah, once once they've gone through their exhibition schedule and they've set up their 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 core of say eight or nine defensemen, you know, it's going to be tough to get a position there too. It's I mean, yes, you're right. You, you know, a team like uh, you know Magnetogorsk or CS or CSKA or SKA, they're loaded, but. Yeah. Teams like Dinamo Riga or um, you know other other lower lower division teams, yeah, they're they're you know they may have openings, but it's not exactly a exciting place to go to or a, a you know a destination place. Here's an interesting thing for time on the ice for Yager. He actually played more with the Devils in 2013 than any previous year, but he actually played more for the Devils even. In 2014-15, when it dropped a little, just to 17:34, uh, 17:41. Like last year, he's you know his 17 minutes was the least he's played in a long time since Philly. Philly had him at 16:20. That's probably where you want him. Yeah. yeah. No, we mentioned Athen- Athena CU yesterday. We mentioned Duclair as part of the Coyotes preview. But here, a couple other guys here. 
you know, Josh Anderson from from the Blue Jackets scored 17 goals, uh, only averaging over 12 minutes a night. He's obviously going to be looking for a bigger salary than his seventy seven hundred thousand dollars that he Joel made Lever. last year. You're and, yeah, and 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 Damon Severson, who had 31 points last year, but was a minus 31. So I'm sure the that uh, that Ray Shiro is going to play that up. Um, you know, that defense is not very good, and he's one of their better young defensemen. And he's probably looking for, you know, that six-year deal making, you know, maybe maybe make, maybe making what Adam Larson made on his contract with the Devils, around four, four and a half million dollars. Yeah, the, the problem with Severson is, and this is the problem with slotting guys, when you're a team like the Devils and you're not the best defensive team, you're slotting Severson as a one. He's not a one. But he wants to get paid like a one now because that's what he's been doing. Right. That's why he's still not been paid. And that's that's a tough spot. Like, how do you get past that? I mean, that's as a GM, it's very tricky because the minute the Devils have a better option to be a number one, Severson won't be a number one anymore. But until yeah. then, he is. But it's tough. It's tough to make that argument, Russ, when you're the Devils and you've got twenty million dollars in available cap space. The guy is saying, "Okay, I'm one of your better defensemen. Defensemen of my ilk are being paid in the range that I'm asking for. Come on, you've got no. There's, there's no. Well, but the Devils are looking beyond this year, right. and that's the thing. They don't want a Stepan type contract with the Rangers because he was playing a number one center role, even though he's not a number one center. To also happen to Severson because what will happen is there'll be a day he won't be a number one. He'll be paid like a number one, and that will throw the devil's cap out of whack. Well, so, I mean, I mean, right now they're still they're they're paying Andy Green five million dollars, and Andy Green is not a five million dollar defenseman. That's but that right, was a, so, that was that was a contract from a previous administration, so Shiro can't really be held accountable for that. But still, I don't think Severson should be punished for that. It's like, so you gave one defenseman a contract that was probably a couple million dollars more than he deserved. Well, okay, I'm not that guy. All right, just as an example, as an example, and I'm very high on David, Damon Severson, as you know, but are yeah. you going to pay him like Ryan McDonough? No. Well, well I mean, McDonough, see, the thing is, McDonough's on a contract that's way below. McDonough's making $4.7 million. No, but I mean, at the time when he got it, it was, you know, I would say in the upper, what, 10% of, of defenseman contracts. Are you really going to give that to Severson? We're only talking about 31 points. Now, maybe on a better team he'd have 40, but – we're not talking about fifty or sixty points as a defenseman. Well, that that's the that's the the risk you're taking here. That's the dice roll. Is the fact that what do you think? You know what what does Ray Shiro think of Severson as a defenseman? If he thinks he's a top pairing, maybe not a one, but a two, he's got to pay him. I would say close to what Green is making. Now Green is under contract for another three years at five million bucks. Who knows if he'll he'll finish out that contract or if they buy him out or 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 what. Or trade him off somewhere, but I mean, I think Severson. He's only 23 years old. I think Green is. I think he's over 30 years old. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, but I, I think Severson's a better defenseman. It's it's a meritocracy here. You pay him what he's worth, and he what he's worth based on last year is probably over four million bucks a year. Yeah, I mean, I might give him just slightly over four, but I bet you he wants more than that. Maybe. No, I think so. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, no, he definitely wants more than that. But the question is, you know, I mean, we really are running out of money. And, you know, it was interesting. I talked to somebody today about the, um, 
Oh gosh, why am I name losing losing my mind for a second? Um, Andy Green's thirty. Andy Green's thirty-four years old, so he's not going to finish out that contract. No, probably big UFA defenseman who played for Toronto and Buffalo and all that stuff. Cody Cody Franz. Thank you, Cody. I talked to somebody about Cody Franz, and it looks it looks like there's starting to be some talk about Cody Franz again. <laughs> sorry, you know, sorry. That's picking well, up, and we're going to start now. You know, but I think that has to do. With, you know, we at least said there's some defensemen who are available who are you know college aged. That right. Well, let, 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 let's talk about that for a second because um, – and it came from our favorite agent, Alan Walsh, yesterday. Not came, familiar with him. Go ahead. Yeah, no, me, me neither. He, he must be new in the business. Yeah. Uh, he posted a video of his client, Roman Polak, skating. Now, remember, Polak broke his fibula in the, play, in the playoffs last year, so he was showing that he's close to 100%, and now he's concentrating now that he's almost – ready to play now he's concentrating on finding a contract let me say let me say something if you're an agent and it's august 23rd and you're only now starting to starting to concentrate on a contract you are abrogating your responsibility as an agent maybe, <laughs> well, maybe this, this is unfortunately typical of power agents you know like they they don't pay attention to every player they have and they you know yeah. i always i always talk to there's a lot of there's a lot i'd say there's like five to five to maybe seven or eight really good second tier agents who have like maybe seven to 10 guys a piece that I, that I always recommend people when I talk to them, when I meet a new player talking to like, those are the guys that you think you should be with. Cause even if you're, you know, if you're a superstar, super, super, superstar, yeah, fine. The big agencies are going to work for you, but that, you know, you don't, you don't, you can't guarantee you're going to be a super, super, superstar. So yeah. yeah. But I think there's a bit. Of, I think there's a bit of an agent spin here. I think it's. I think it's. Based, well, there's tons of agent spin here. Well, 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 because I think it's. I think it's. I think it's the opposite here. I think it's what, what was going on is there were teams that were not going to make any kind of inquiry on Roman Polak until they proved that he was close to being ready to pl to to uh, be at a training camp and and be able to skate and be fully recovered from the leg injury. You know, yes, all right, but, but then here, there's this too, Mike. I, I think there is a sales job going on there, but I also think that, you know, like when Roman Pollock says, hey, I'm healthy and I'm the same guy I was last year, 75% of the teams in the league don't want that guy. No, right. and I'm telling you, Roman Pollock was – He's slow. Yeah, I mean – I had a really in my my and it's a shame because I mean Roman Pollock's a good guy and everything like that he but is, and, he's a, and he's a pretty good defender but he's you know a pretty good defender but he is he was starting to show his wear and tear in the Stanley Cup playoffs with San Jose yeah and then, but, it, 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 in that in those series he was they had to hide him they had to really yeah. right I mean I remember talking to people on, and during about you know the games afterwards at the late night you know NHL dinners and stuff like that where people were talking about man did you see what Roman Pollock did? that it was it was tough it was tough at that spot that, that right but that 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 did not stop Toronto from re-signing him after they had traded him to San Jose and at the end of the year when and in in the first couple games of the playoffs Mike Babcock moved Roman Pollock up to the top four now you can say he did that because their defense is not that good and they had some inexperience on the blue line but Babcock likes Pollock, or at least he, you know, he's liked in the locker room, and Babcock liked him. And with Alexi Marchenko going to the KHL, I think that the Walsh thing was a little bit of subtle pressure, not only on the Leafs but on other teams to say, okay, this is a right-hand shot defenseman. He he can he's comfortable playing in a bottom pairing role, but he can move up if necessary. He's a veteran guy. He's tough. He's this. He's that. 
I, I, I think I think Toronto could still be interested in him, and I, I think it's a possibility. They, they might, but, uh, you know, again, you, you, you can't worry about last year. Like, basically, no. you put Pollock on the lineup, and let's say they play the Rangers, who are a step faster than last year, and they play the Flyers, who are a step faster than last year. Then what Eck is talking about that happened in the playoffs is going to start happening more in regular season games. Right. Well, no, right. But but we're, ta- we're talking about him being essentially a role player. We're talking about him being bottom-pairing penalty killer, playing 14, 15 minutes a night. And we know that in, unless there's a dramatic decrease in his mobility based on the injury that he happened, which, you know, I don't know how much that video proves, but I, I think that, you know, it will give teams more of a willingness to, to think of him as an option. Cody Franzen is out there. We've heard rumors about him being invited on a professional tryout, to, I think, New Jersey and Chicago. Um you know, Dennis Weidman is still out there, but I don't know whether I mean, Jimmy Hayes did get invited to a tryout with the Devils. I mean, we are. I mean, we're right now in the in the range, the time range where the professional tryouts are going to happen. It's like yeah. the teams have stopped spending money for the most part. Yeah, yeah they're, but teams want to hold off now a little bit for cap space. You know, when when you get to the trade deadline, that's that's another thing you're hearing, starting to hear a lot of. Like, yeah, we want to have a little bit of room to move around. Although, it doesn't mean they won't make a move if, they, if the right move doesn't. No, but, 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 but the thing is, there, there, okay, there really is not a great deal of difference between the, the PTO and a one-year contract because these agents negotiate an amount on these players that, like, if you make the team, this is what you're getting. I remember Mason Raymond a few years ago with the Leafs. Okay. He was invited on a PTO, yeah. but it was it was well known that that Dave Nonis had negotiated a, a one year deal for I think it was nine hundred thousand dollars before he even agreed to come on the PTO. So he, he he had to make the team, but once he made the team, the deal that was negotiated was there. That's yeah, I'm using Dave Nonis as an example. Is a no, good I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know, happen, but it, it's not always the case. I mean, like, you know, a lot no, of times um, players on PTOs. You know, we'll go just just take a PTO because they'll they'll get some ice time. PTOs are quite often favors. They're thrown back to some sure. thrown back to like an agent or something. Like they, if you know, if you sign another, if you sign my player, can you get this guy in on a PTO? Right. At least give him some playing time in the preseason so I can show him to other teams. That kind of thing. It, it, there's a lot that happens with PTOs. You know, um, I remember one time I was at a one of the Flyers and somebody on a PTO and and he left after the first period of the game. Like he, he was he was on a PTO. He played the first period of the game and then got called by another team and wanted to sign him, so he left. In the middle of the game, you know, and that can happen. It was crazy. It was like very underplayed. No one wanted to talk about it, but it was. It was like, is he hurt? Uh, yeah, sure, he's hurt. You know that kind of thing. But then later, I, I, I do have. I do have breaking news. Go ahead. Um, I want to let everybody know that the Carolina Hurricanes just retweeted me because I said I may go cover a game just so I could eat those chicken and waffles. They look unbelievable. That's on their menu. Wow. Go Canes! Excellent. Mm. Great for Greatest place I ever covered Stanley Cup final. I love that down there. Good for them, man. That looks great. Yeah, that that nice. That was my I've one never, regret not covering in Nashville was not getting that chicken. I've I mean, never, I've yeah. never had legitimate 
chicken and waffles. I've, you know what I'm saying? I've never, never had just, legit chicken and waffles? No, never have. I mean, okay. like I've had buff, buffalo chicken and waffles, which is, you know, copycat chicken and yeah, waffles. that's a bastardized version. Yeah, I, I have never had chicken and waffles below the Mason-Dixon line. We're talking uh, about chicken, which is the same everywhere on the planet, by the way, and waffles, which are essentially the same everywhere. No, yes, no, no, but like, like, come on. Like, come buffalo on. chicken waffles is like, if you ever watch Shit's Creek, they did, they did an episode where they were selling fruit wine. It's the same concept. Right, it's like it's 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 like having it's like like having wings at Buffalo Wild Wings in Topeka, Kansas. It's not chicken wings in Buffalo. Right. Sure, I got you. But no, from this, shall we? Okay. Um, no one has to put the time limit that we time time that we started talking about chicken and waffles every day on the in the comments. <laughs> um, all right, you know, guys know I'm a video hockey person, and I like video hockey games. A, a buddy in, in put this out there. It's really kind of cool, and it's a new, it's on. Um, I don't know if you guys, if any of you, if you ever used the Steam thing. Which, I've tried to use Steam. I've had trouble with it. I'll be I honest. I use a lot mainly for virtual reality because that's that's where virtual reality games are. But it's also they have regular they have regular games as well. Mike doesn't even know what we're talking about. It's all right. Steam is a, you, know, you can play games online, and um, essentially, you know, you don't have to. You can you can also download games. You can there's different things. This is one you can play online, and it's cheap, and it's a blast. All right, so I'm going to show I'm you. I'm still playing Atari. That's what I got wearing today. Look, hey, there you go. Right. <laughs> um. All right. So okay, so here's this. Is this? I want to show you guys this. This is, this is um. This, people the game. forget the controllers used to pull out of the Ataris all the time and mm -hmm. break all, at the end all the time. Oh yeah. So I, I broke. I was broke the red button. I pressed yeah. the button too too hard. So this game is called Super Blood Hockey, and there uh, no, <laughs> it, it is. So it's it's um. It's really cool. So if you, this looks familiar to you, you should because this is very similar to another game that was one of my favorite hockey video games of all time. But as you can see, this, this is kind of taken to another level where, you know, the players yeah. lead yeah, like this, crazy when they get hit. This uh, is like uh, hockey from the movie Swingers. Right. No, that's exactly right. Very good call. Um, that that would be NHL. It would be Nintendo Ice Hockey, which I think well, I might have even have. I usually have back here somewhere. Um, I usually have my little cartridge back there. Nintendo Ice Hockey, which was the first Nintendo NES system, um, had this. This looks like the Quebec Fighting League that I covered once. <laughs> but what this guy did is basically took it and and uh, and you know just to just add a lot of blood to it. It's just a lot of this game was always so much fun to play. The concept of this game is you can, pause for a second. You can see like, okay, this is a pretty good example here. Or I'll get it to like right about okay, right about here. Say all right, so you had you had four players on your team, and you got to pick the size of the players. So you can see, like, this guy's about to shoot here. He's a big, fat guy, and then next to him is a little thin guy. So there were these fat guys with hard shots who were slow. There were thin guys who were really fast, didn't have much of a shot at all. And then I mean, there's was, only, like, two fat guys in the entire NHL, though. I know, yeah, I know. I know. This is definitely – and then there's your middle-sized white guy, which Roblo said is why, why hockey is so great. And you have young blood. Middle-sized white guys can play it. So there's, like, the middle-sized – so that's what you have in this game, and you basically have so you have those three different. You can pick your team. You know, some people would go with all the slow, all the slow fat guys. Some would go with the fast guys. So um, this game is so much fun to play on Nintendo Hockey, and it's really cool. I don't know if you got. You must have gotten some kind of permission from Nintendo to like do this because this is like, it's such a close, close copy of it. But it it, lo um, it, lo it looks like a team of Boom Boom Jeffreyans sw swinging wildly at their opposite. Boom yeah, Boom Jeffreyans scored different. a lot of NHL goals. So I don't know if you should use him as your example. No, but Boom Boom Jeffrey, don't you remember the the, I the, know. the, the stick swing? But he and could score is, goals too. Well, he, could, he could score goals, and that he was a great right. goal scorer. So that would be super blood hockey. Um, 
And you can find it at superbloodhockey.com. You can find it at any Red Cross location. Right. No, it's uh, and it's fun. It's it's absolutely one of the most fun fun games you could you could you can imagine out there. We have had a signing today as well. Okay. Mike, um, go ahead. Give us the. Uh, we have one of our our um, Kerfoot. You know. Oh, Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, yesterday. Um, it was yesterday, but since we talked lately. Right. We, we talked about it. we talked about him. No, we talked about him yesterday, and we 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 named a whole bunch of teams. But the one thing that we did say was that he would probably go at a, to a place where he was going to get playing time. We factored that in, and a team that was not mentioned by anybody, no one, in terms of where he was going to go. He ended up signing with, which was the Colorado Avalanche, and apparently Joe Sackick did a, a great sell job on on Kerfoot, saying you know the opportunities that were there, you know signs the two year entry level deal, um, and I, honestly I think that if it, in terms of playing time, that was a good signing for for uh, Kerfoot is to go to go to a te- go to a team right now. Your number one is McKinnon. Your number two at this point. Is is Duchesne. If they play him at center, they could play him at the yeah. wing. You know, um, so it, you know you've got an opportunity there to at least be the number three center. So I think that's I think that's a good move. And and Russ, I know that we were talking off you know on the phone before the show about about Butcher. This might be the approach of Butcher. I mean, if he there are teams out there that he's supposedly narrowed down to three or four teams. He might go to a team that guarantees him playing time, like the team that you said that he was talking to. Yeah, I mean, back to Kerfoot just for a second. It seems like yeah. it came down to Colorado and the Rangers because the way Larry Brooks sort of tweeted it was the Rangers got a call that, hey, he's going with Colorado. Now, maybe he called three or four other teams, but it does seem like those were the two. And so, and I would, to me, it would make sense because of EC. But would Elaine Vigneault guarantee him the playing time that Colorado would? Probably not. So that I could see why he would go there. And the same thing would hold for the Vegas Golden Knights for, for Butcher because they're the team that could definitely guarantee him the most playing time right away. And of any team, any other team out there. And that, you know, we have to remember, sometimes that's the, the most important thing to a player. Right. No, I agree. And, and it is the most important thing, although, you know, for a young player, not always the best thing, you know, as we've talked right. about. And I think that, you know, because you could have a very short run, like if it doesn't work especially out, a defenseman, especially a defenseman, you know, whatever, I would find a hard time with that. I mean, you know, there, I would think that's a tough spot to put a, put a rookie defenseman on that team, you know, and, and then expect him to succeed. Um, but yeah, no, so Kerfoot is, is an avalanche player. We talked about how the avalanche needed to have to sign players. They have hardly any contracts. They just so. need defense. Yeah, they need players. So this is good. And the funny thing is, of course, they, not funny thing, but they lost Butcher, right? So Butcher. Yeah. Was the guy that they thought they would get. So in a way, they made a trade. Essentially, <laughs> they basically moved Kerfoot for Butcher for I Kerfoot. Did, I did laugh too. There was something called like I don't know Avalanche Daily, some blog that said that Kerfoot was the top college guy out there, free agent to sign. And I was thinking, denial. Wait, you had another one. Yeah, you happen to have one there. Right? You, you didn't mention him. You he mentioned Colorado, who like, played in Denver. The guy they had Butcher like played at the University of Denver. I mean. Yeah, but it made me laugh. You know, you could tell the slam. Oh yeah, I want to show you something now that I think is one of the coolest things an NHL team has done in a long time. This is like this is one of the in the then we'll get on to the Calgary Flames. But this yeah. to me is one of the. But coolest. Russ just showed the chicken and waffles. No, no, no. That's a little even cooler than that. That's hard to. That's hard. Chicken's to see. different everywhere. Here we go. So I'm going to show you this and see if we can hear this. I think what I'm going to say. Hold on. Okay, so playing today. Coming up. This is our ice. All of ours. It 
belongs to the parents who taught us how to hold the stick and who drive us to practice every day. It's where we have won and learned to be gracious in victory. It's where we have fallen and learned to stand up again. This is our ice, so we will defend it with our sticks and our courage. We will honor it with our greatest efforts because this is our state, our team, our ice. Okay, so there's this. This is the this is our ice campaign by the Minnesota Wild. Okay, but the concept of this is, is that's that's you know that there's always been, and I love the fact that the Minnesota Wild marketing people play up on the Minnesota things as much as they do. Players want to play there. It's amazing. I think the whole thing is incredible. I like Great. it. I like the concept. It's a little schmaltzy, but I like it. But the idea here's, is here's the, real, here's the real part of it, Rush. Okay. Ready for this? What you can do now between now and I think there's a date there's, they're putting out. They, this just launched a half hour ago. Okay, so I'm not sure of all the details. I was just getting. I was trying to get this together because I was someone tipped me off on it this morning. I was trying to get all the details, but just launched a half hour ago. Okay, so on Saturday, September 16th, fans are invited to flood the rink at XL Energy Center. And what you're supposed to do is go to the pond that you learned to play hockey on and fill a t and fill a vial of water, bring it to the XL Center and dump it onto the XL Center rink. And they are going to freeze pond water from all over the state of Minnesota to be their rink for the for the Minnesota Wild. That's cool. I Isn't like that. Cool? I don't know. I think that's pretty amazing. I think I think I it's like a great. That. See, now I thought if they were going to have an ice challenge, like the ice bucket challenge, that I would put up the Minnesota ice against Winnipeg's. I would I, I think the Winnipeg ice is a hardier ice. Well, <laughs> yeah, no. I think it is hardier. Uh, but but I think now but you I love the never, concept of this. You would never like, do this for the New Jersey Devils because no. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I like the I like the symbolism of this. But if they did this for say you as you said New Jersey, or if they did it for for the Sabers, there would be certain areas of the ice that should be designated as toxic waste dumps. Right, right. But this is Minnesota, so land of a billion lakes. You know they Although have. Although if you did it in Jersey, you could put part of the like the face-off circle could have like an H for Hoffa. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Or you know, like you could bury the cake boss in there somewhere. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> well, wow, that was angry. Yeah, uh, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of too many reality shows about cakes. Um, <laughs> so, oh my god. Anyway, just throwing that out there as an aside. But I think this is a great, great thing, and I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm psyched about that they're doing this. And um, I, I kind of think that I wish if I was near, like anywhere near Minnesota, or maybe I should send a, uh, a vial to our buddy Dan out. But you there. know what the problem is, like on Long Island. When, when you played on the ice on a pond in Long Island, it was a retention pond. So, yeah, you don't know what's in there. I could take some of the water from my rink that's been sitting outside. Oh, no, no. As I have a stagnant no. pond out there right now. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Send it over there. Um, anyway. I don't have a, I don't have a pond. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Hashtag rink fail. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, here's the other thing. Ely Tolvanen. Okay, Eli. Is it Eli? Eli. 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 Eli Tovenin, um, who's a big Predators prospect. Um, sorry, should be a Predators prospect. Should have gone a lot earlier. Yeah, played his first KHL game last night and put a hat trick away in his opening game. Youngest player to ever do it. Really impressive, you know, and um, and great news for Predators fans who you know can only use scoring um, and offense on that team. So this this is a this He's guy a stone cold scorer. He is. How long are we going to – this is a guy who plays like one year in the KHL, then comes That's in. it. He's probably in the NHL next year. The only reason he pivoted to the KHL was because I think it was with BC that he, he wasn't going to be a good enough student, so then he was looking for another opportunity. Right. 
went to the KHL, and then I'm pretty sure next year they're going to give him a good, a good look in Nashville. Right. Interesting. Um, the other KHL uh, connected story that came out yesterday, apparently uh, uh, Mike Babcock and Lou Lamorello took a trip to Russia. Now, they won't, they won't specify who specifically they were talking to, but the report came out from uh, Sovietsky Sport that uh, – the uh, they were con- they contacted or were talking to a defenseman named Igor and I'll butcher the last name o- Osaganov, who plays for Siska S- Moscow. Uh, he's a former teammate of uh, Nikita Zaitsev, 6'2", 210 pound right hand shot defenseman. And th- this is around the same time two years ago that the rumors about the Leafs being interested in Zaitsev started to come out. So I, I, I almost get the impression that this is the Leafs' way of almost like marking their territory. This is a guy that we're interested in. We've gone over to Russia. We've talked to him. He's in our, 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 uh, uh, you know, in our sphere of influence. Not stay away, but you know, if if they've done this and they've gone that far to do it, then it's more than likely that they're going to sign him when he's available and his contract ends at the end of the KHL season. You know, I've heard some reports uh, that, you know, he's a he's a big defenseman with, with good skating ability, big shot from the point he won the KHL hardest shot contest. And he's 25 years old. And for a team that next year is going to have to start paying, you know, Nylander, Matthews, Marner, eight, nine, Ten million, you know, whatever whatever Matthews gets, maybe ten million bucks, to get a defenseman who might be able to step in and be on an entry level of nine hundred and twenty-five thousand for two for a year or two years. Those are the types of moves they're going to need to make. So I, I think this is, you know, things can change. Um, apparently, he's best buddies with Nikita Kucherov in Tampa Bay, and Kucherov was trying to get him to come to Tampa Bay, but. Lou's be very persuasive, as they say. You know, um, Lou's very yeah. good with Russian players. I've noticed that before, he, and um, they, yeah, they and, have him. And I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting for the sort of the the domino effect or the connection game to to start. Like, if they bring this guy and he's and and, they, and the Leafs sign him and he's and he's best buddies with Kucherov, you will hear a whole slew of Kucherov to Toronto rumors probably in the next year or two. But it will, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty good talent from what I'm hearing, and so we'll see. I mean, the Cap, Kaprizov lit it up too in his, his second game. So, you know, there's, they, there's still some KHL guys, and unfortunately these guys will be playing in the Olympics, and that's going to be a problem for teams that play against them. But – yeah, the guy. We'll see if he makes the Olympic team. Yeah, well, that the, the thing that's the thing that's weird is is that Alexei Marchenko and Nikita Nesterov both got signed by Siska, yeah. and this defenseman hasn't played the first two games. So you know, it's because you know. Now the thing is, we've seen the Russians do this before, where a player who's on his way out, they're not going to give him preferential treatment because. They don't want to. They don't. They don't want him to give him like more, uh, more evidence for NHL teams to yeah. be interested in him. They're going to concentrate on the guys who are who they can hold on to or who they've brought in. So he could, you know, he could be a spot player this year for for them. I think so. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about right, the Flames. The Calgary Flames. Sorry, I was just getting a text right there. Sorry, I caught me. You caught me off guard. I apologize. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. All right, the Calgary Flames. Let's talk about the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames, one of the hardest working teams in the NHL, always is what you always hear about them. Um, they are coming off an interesting kind of regular season. Um, you know, the team played well. They ended up finishing um, 
first in the Western Conference wild card um, on the last day of the season, which was not, which was a crazy thing that they, if you remember, they played the Predators in the last two of the last three games. They played the Predators and beat them twice. And this this set in the course of action basically a a, a road to the Stanley Cup for the Predators um, based on you know matchups and stuff like that. That really was fascinating. Um, I was really mad at the Predators at the time for losing this out because it's been okay. We we're going to have to go and go against Chicago. It, it was a it was a bad thing for both teams, Zach, because yeah. the, the, because Calgary matched up against the team that they always get killed by, Anaheim. Anaheim, yeah, and, and Nashville had always had the problem against Chicago, and in one instance. It you know the the previous history played out in the other instance we know Nashville beat Chicago. Well, there was an interesting thing about the um, Flames last year is there was sort of a tale of two seasons and they a month by month the Flames were, were a different team last year and this is what I kind of you know really was when I was looking through their stuff I was trying to find something unique about them and I really thought this was a little bit unique. All right, so they were a 500 team in October November essentially they were a little bit under 500, but then in December they're a nine and four. Um, January, they're again under 500 by a little bit, but then in February and March, they're nine and two and ten and four respectively. Uh, so they have these runs where they were a good enough team, and this this got them good enough to go. Then they go into, like you say, into like no man's land and have to deal with the Anaheim Ducks, and the Ducks just take them out in four games. And what is in a series, right? That doesn't even look like. You know, I mean, do Calgary Flames fans even remember you were in the playoffs type of thing? You know, like this was like so fast and so quick. Yeah, but it was still a good year for them. But the, the interesting thing about the playoffs was, and even though they only played four games, Sean Monaghan had four goals yeah. and, um, and looked really good. There were moments, you know, and of course, the other thing about last year that has to be noted is the Brian Elliott story, right? Which was like that Elliott was basically the, you know, when I'd say about those, you know the record that that very much mirrors what Brian Elliott was like. Where Elliott was so so in the beginning of the year, had a really strong streak in the last three months of the season, essentially mm-hmm. got him into the playoffs, and then in the playoffs, Elliott kind of fell apart again on them. If if you can call if you can call sure. losing Anaheim falling apart, and, and and that's why they'll be in better shape this year with with Smith. I mean, I think I think Mike Smith will have a really good year for him. I I think their their offense is great. Like, their offense should be really, really top-notch. I think you'll get 50 points out of Kachuk. I wouldn't be shocked if Goudreau leads the team. I wouldn't be shocked if Hamannick has a, a really resurgent year. I mean, that's a hell of a guy to add to the blue line. I think Jankowski might be able to make the team. I mean, they've got size. They've got speed. They've got goaltending. They've got defense. Really, the only thing that could kill them would be injuries. And, and I actually – with two points in four games, I love the fact that they picked up Curtis Lazar. I mean, that's a really good role player for the bottom six that – Yes, that was an enormous – that's what I was going to say. It was a really sneaky move that is going to pay dividends down the line, but didn't yet. It will, absolutely. They 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 stole Lazar in my mind. Yeah. They they That was like – and because Lazar was just, for some reason, was one of those situations that just wasn't working out. you know. But he, he, he goes there. I totally agree with you on that one. Um, you know, an interesting thing, so they – their offense, you say, is good, but last year it really wasn't. Um, I know, but I think this year it will be. Gaudreau only had Gaudreau missed some time. Played seventy-two games still. It felt like Gaudreau missed more than that, and didn't it? It's like it, it didn't it, feel that way. If I was to say Gaudreau played games, I would have said he played like sixty games last year. But looking at the stats, he played seventy-two, had sixty-one points, only eighteen goals, which is not very giant to Gaudreau like at all. 
But he got off to but he got off to a slow start after signing the big contract. So I think that was a factor. You know, you had Monahan and he had Goudreau under their big uh, under their new big deals, and you know they're young younger players, so they're putting pressure on themselves. But I I, I agree with Russ. I mean, there there's offense there. They got more offense than they expected out of a guy like Christopher Stieg, who was coming. You know, who's a journeyman guy, but he he performed well. Um, they've got those sort of middle middle of the lineup veterans like Froelich and like and Brower and a veteran in Matt Stajan who was who has helped them for a while. But I think the key is Kachuk on his second year, and as we mentioned before, Sam Bennett. If Sam Bennett signs and he plays in a primary role, I think he's got the ability to you know join Goudreau and Monahan as a as a, a top player on that team. And their defense, I mean, Weidman's gone. Hamannick is not going to provide a lot of offense. He's more of a shutdown guy. But a top four of Giordano, Hamilton, Brody, and Hamannick could be the best top four in the NHL. So that battle between Calgary and Edmonton is going to be a bloodbath, and it's going to be interesting to watch. No, it's going to be great. I mean, they've definitely geared towards becoming a defensive team with with the pickups of Hamannick. Um, and the other defense when they picked up um, again. Well, they had Michael Stone, and they signed him too. So right, and Michael Stone was um, yeah, no, that that is that was huge, and and kind of went and flew under the radar because it happened while so much else was going on. But to me, the biggest problem last year that has to be corrected is their first line, although is very very talented offensively. Gaudreau, Monahan, and I guess who else would you put on that line? It was like. Um, at Bennett. times they put. At times they put. I think they put Versteeg on that line. They, they it was yeah, on that line. Bennett, Bennett was on that line at different times too. I think. So um, when you look at that line, they were the horrible minuses of the team. Like it's a strange thing. Like your your top scoring line was terrible plus minus wise. Um, yeah. Monahan was only a minus one. Gaudreau was a minus seven. Bennett was a minus sixteen. Um, Versteeg was a minus eleven. Brower was a minus list. Um, so you know, but basically their best players were got smoked every night. That's what happened they to me. Did. And they managed. They managed somehow to you know to to still be in there, but. I got to add one more thing and then I got to run. Yeah. Their defense is so deep that, like, Oliver Shillington will start the year again in Stockton, but he had a nice year. He had 27 points. And so all of a sudden, the offense that was talked about him in the draft that some people said wouldn't be there, there may just be a little bit more. And so that's a guy that they could sub in there, too. So I, Calgary will be there. I mean, Calgary is a playoff team. They, they could go to the conference final, wouldn't shock me. I want to ask you real quick, Russ, then you go um, on two prospects before okay. you go. So Tyler Parsons, the goalie, um, obviously, the, the, I think bringing in Smith with an eye on Parsons being their guy eventually. Parsons or Gillies? I mean, I, I like them both. Yeah, kind of, I, I, I hear more about Parsons these days. I used to hear more about Gillies. But. Well, you do because he's Canadian and, he just, and he's just coming off a, a really good run and Gillies is coming off a hip surgery. I still yeah. think there'll be a battle between the two. I do. Yeah. Someday. Mark Jankowski, you know. Um, yeah, Jankowski, I think, can make the team. I mean, I yeah. – He's got size. His speed is better. He's got great hands down low. And so something tells me, and look, he is a center, but if you're trying to pick up Yarmir Yager, but you feel like you're short a, a winger, I might put Jankowski on the wing. And another another guy they signed, Spencer Fu, uh, as a, as a uh, undrafted free agent. I don't think he'll make the team. I don't think he'll make the team, but I think he's in the mix that possibly if he has some success in the American Hockey League that he can move up. But yeah, you know, they've got they've got some they've got some options uh, with young players that they can tap into. But I think it's gonna it's gonna be 
it's it's going to be those guys. It's going to be Monahan. It's going to be Goudreau. And I mean, the reason they had to play them last year and and they had such big minuses is because they weren't getting enough offense out of everybody else. So they probably overplayed them and they and they were a liability in some instances. Oh yeah, no, that's definitely the case, and that that can happen. You know, they 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 let Alex Chason go, uh, you know, into free agency now, and no one's picked him up yet. But Chason did was a twelve twelve guy. He played eighty one games for them. He he was a big player for them to just let go um kind of a strange move you know usually guys who play 80 games don't just get like could let go you know go to free agency um uh, you know i think stagens turned into exactly what he should be there you know over time i think that you know and he's 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 a big solid veteran guy they have have a lot of players who played like 80 games or more last year which is kind of interesting they so they had they weren't that beaten down by injuries i mean there were some key injuries of course kachuk played 76 games at 48 points I think that's got to be better. And but the big thing about Matthew Kachuk that is shocking when you look at it, he was a plus fourteen. So yeah, and 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 that line it was it was Kachuk, Backlund, and Froelich. And Backlund had a really good year yeah. uh, last year, and that that line is going to be key. But the the name that was mentioned before, Lazar. Lazar has an has an offensive upside that he really didn't tap into in Ottawa, and then maybe with a second chance, maybe getting being in a in a different yeah. role in Calgary that he can step up and score, you know, in the neighborhood of fifteen to twenty goals. I mean, it may it may not be out of the realm of possibility for him to to do that. Now, a lot of people are saying, you know, with the addition of Hamannik, that they are that they have have kind of put themselves into into another into that top level of maybe the top five defensive teams in the league. Um, because you know Brody was very good last year as well, and it got better as the year went along, right? And um, and obviously Giordano had a great another great year, and you know, they, and they have you know this, this you know they're very solid. Wyman's going, but that doesn't even that doesn't really even affect them so much because no, and and you know what, you can't underestimate the effect, the positive effect that Mike Smith's ability to handle the handle the puck yeah. behind the net is going to have on that defense. I mean, they're they're already deep. Like I said, as a t- top, their top four, top five might be the best in the league. He's like another defender back there. He gets out of the net. He handles the puck. He passes it out you know, behind the behind the net very well. I mean, that's a that's a definitely a benefit for them. Yeah, and Dougie Hamilton, of course, you know, has really turned into the player that he thought people thought he was. You know, that it took a while, but he definitely, you know, the the um the move from I thought the first year he played in Calgary was you know a little bit less than spectacular, but this year was was right there. He was. Yeah, he and was, he started playing better as soon as Brian Burke came out and said that he wasn't being traded. And right, you know, so right, because rumors around him were circulating from almost the moment he got there. So it was it was pretty good. And I, I mean, I think this is a team. It's an interesting team in terms of the fact that you know you've got a Brian Burke there. Um, you know, I, I I think they're a, I think they're a playoff team. I think I think they're definitely a playoff team. I think that they could finish. Probably third in the West. I mean, you're talking Anaheim, Edmonton, Calgary. I mean, LA. I think is starting to take a step back. Um, I think they could finish as high as second, maybe third in the in the West, in the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're a playoff team. I do as I because I, I, I just think the defense is going to be so good, and I am a big Mike Smith fan. Like I I do think Mike Smith will be a stabilizing force for them. I agree with what you're saying. His handling of the puck will be. It'll take a little bit of getting used to because it does. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, but and there will be some, you know, miscues early on because he's because he's so active with the puck. He loves to handle the puck. I mean, I remember interviewing him when he first came in the league, and I asked him what his favorite part of goaltending was, and he's the first goalie who ever said to me, "Handling the puck." 
um, you know, which is really shocking, you know, because I mean, a lot of goalies like handle puck, but they won't say that's their favorite part of goaltending. Yeah, and if Glenn Gulletson has the same problem with Eddie Lack that uh, that Bill Peters had in Carolina, they do have Gillies and they do have Parsons as an option. But I, th- I think Lack is an NHL goaltender, so him being the backup to Smith and playing probably in the neighborhood of 25 games would probably – I think that's what's going to end up happening, and I think he's a capable number two. So that, that I feel kind of bad for Eddie Lack. It feels like you know he keeps getting put to spots where he thinks he's going to get really good playing time and then ends up – being the backup, you know, like it, it, it's yeah. another situation. I mean, their goal, their goaltending last year. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Brian Elliott fan. Their goaltending last year, when Elliott was on, they were winning. When Elliott was playing, like Elliott sometimes does, which is like he's got his head up, sort of certain. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he just he. It's puzzling he, how somebody at certain times can be so good, and then at other times can be so bad, and 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 that's. I, at times, that's what he was in. Calgary. He looked way better. I mean, and people don't really take into account like the the record with Elliott was way better than it was with Chad Johnson. Even though Chad Johnson had a had was playing pretty well for a while there. Early um, in the year, early in the year, Chad Johnson saved their season because saved their season for yeah a couple weeks there for sure. Um, Gillies came in and had a really strong game. You know, he plays each each played one game basically. Um, Gillies and I mean, I'm sorry, Gillies played one game. Yeah. Uh, and then they had Riddich play in the game just for, uh, you know, a period, I think. But, um, yeah, but, but you know, Gillies was strong. This is a team that I, I think, you know, there's a couple guys that I, I also – the other prospect I wanted to talk about was, was Rasmus Anderson, who's still a ways well, but he's yeah. a good – a really top defenseman, um, a Swedish guy that I think is going to be a, a factor for them. They have, they have a silly amount of defensemen on this team, and they really are – they really are set there, which is they're going to need – being that they are going to have to play Edmonton all the time, so. But their their big their big question mark area is secondary scoring. We yeah. you, you would assume that Goudreau and Monahan will and Monahan will score. It's whether they get the same year out of Backland, whether they get the same amount of offense out of Pro League, whether uh, Matthew Kachuk avoids the sa- sophomore slump, whether Bennett can step up, whether Lazar can step up. If 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 they get two or three of those things happening then they're okay. If they yeah. all fall back and it's just the Goudreau and Monaghan show, then if you shut them down, they lose. That's tough. So I think that that's, that's going to be the key. I think they'll get the goaltending. Their defense is really good. It's whether they can score enough goals, and that's, that's going to be the secondary offense and not the top guys. I think the health of Goudreau is the key to this team. You know, really, sure. I mean, I think that, you know, his – we don't know how injured he was last year. He doesn't – he wasn't 100% for sure, um, you know, and – the fact, just by the number, the fact that he put up 43 assists, you know, um, that's you know that's that's not what you want Gaudreau to do. Like, I mean, he's 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 a great playmaker, but you really want him to be looking to shoot more than that. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with the injury. I do. I think he was making plays. He was moving. He was setting up Monahan. I would like to see him play more with Kachuk in terms of the fact that I think Kachuk could open up some space for Gaudreau, but. You know, I, that's what, in my opinion, I, I would like to see because Gaudreau is very—he's so fast and so quick. Obviously, Monahan opens up space for Gaudreau right off the bat for sure. But they really need that other—they need that perfect other player on that line. They don't have it yet. I don't think. I don't think there's the right guy there um, as good as you know. And and you know, as, as we talk about the big minuses that they were, their top defensive pairing were big pluses. So. It, it's kind of you know that's kind of strange that 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 big minus from the top offensive line does stand out 
in a big way. I mean, they only had one all-star last year, you know, in Goudreau. Um, and I think, was he even picked to the team by the fans, maybe? I think he may have been. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, they didn't have that, you know, they had, uh, it was definitely a, a tough season for them in a lot of ways. And to make the playoffs was impressive. But then, you know, like you said, to actually beat out the Predators and have to deal with the Ducks was, was a problem. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that I think that they ad- they addressed their area, you know, two of their big areas of concern. I think they solidified themselves between the pipes. I think Smith is an upgrade over Elliott and John- I think Smith yeah. and Lack is an upgrade over over Elliott and Johnson. They, you know, they kept, you know, Michael Stone was a was a top four uh, band aid uh, in the, that they acquired from Arizona for I think a, I think it was like a fourth round pick or something like that. And they got to, got him re-signed, and they they add Hamannick to give their defense. I mean, the, their defense will be mobile enough and capable enough to try to be able to shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl and Edmonton, which yeah. is what you have to do. Um, yeah. And the, like I said, the only question is whether they'll be able to score enough goals to to hang with the Oilers and the and the Ducks. Well, we'll see. Yeah. And I really, I, I, I still question, and I mean, my question mark will still be what what happens with Alex Chason because I know he's got issues as far as defensively goes, but I still think that he was a young player who, who they didn't give a lot of minutes to, but did manage to score, you know, very similar to what we talked about. Athanasiu, yeah. who yeah, I heard actually rumored possibly being traded. I haven't written this yet, but Athanasiu could possibly be on the move to Columbus. So we'll see about that. That's another possibility there. That does seem like something the Blue Jackets would do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is about the time they got Sam Gagne last year, the Blue Jackets, which was a really sneaky move. So, you know, this will be good. I, I, you know, the one thing you have to wonder about is, you know, how good will Winnipeg be? How good will Dallas be? Um, you know, because those are the two teams that I think have a shot at legitimately taking knocking Calgary out of the playoffs. Both have, you know, if if Calgary's in the wild card race, if they're if they're yeah, if they're top team the wild card team, though, still in my opinion. But maybe you don't. I mean, I, I think that I think I think Anaheim, Edmonton, and San Jose are all better than Calgary. I don't know. San, San Jose with the departure of Marlowe, with Thornton coming off an ACL injury. I, it's it, you know they're they're still a really good team, but I think that you know them being a lock for a top three spot. And we'll talk about this more when we when we preview the yeah. Sharks. I think that's tenuous. I think Calgary is deeper in certain areas, and you know I'm not saying Mike Smith is as good as Martin Jones, but I think the gap has been closed significantly. So that, that's why I think I think Calgary has a legitimate shot to finish second or third, and San Jose is more like third or wild card. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and we'll definitely get into this um, a lot more when we talk about the playoffs and, and more predictions, but the one thing that kind of struck me when I was going through this today was that I, can, I see four teams – I mean, I see. I'm sorry. I see five teams in the West that I don't think are playoff teams, and I don't can't ever remember that being the case. Like that's that's really pretty significant. Like I don't think Colorado, Vancouver, Arizona, LA, or or Vegas are playoff teams. So I'm going to throw that. I don't think any of them are playoff teams this year. So the only one who could would be LA if Quick is Quick. If Quick is amazing yeah. and healthy all year, and and they really get and they really get. But you know the other. So you're taking five teams out, which means. That you only have, you know, two teams in there that could, and that's why I look at Winnipeg and Dallas. I think Dallas is a playoff team, so because um, with the additions they made and all this stuff, and I think that they, you know, they're good enough to be a Dallas team. So really, it comes down to it means ten teams fighting over eight spots. Yeah, yeah, which is really not the way the West has been for many years. Right. The West has been much more of a, you know, maybe one or two teams not in there. But you know, usually you can't eliminate that many teams before the season. Now, 
that being said, of course, what's going to happen? Uh, you know, some one of those or two of those teams are going to go on a crazy run at the beginning of the year, and they're going to be in there. It's not. It's not going to be a great deal of difference in terms of amount amount of games, but the teams in the Pacific are going to have a little bit of an advantage over the teams in yeah. the Central because yeah. they play Vegas four times, and the other team in the other division I think plays them two or three, and though that one or the, that two to four points against a team that is probably not going to win a ton of games could be the difference between making and missing the playoffs. And that that and and. And the teams that are going to be affected by that, Minnesota, St. Louis, and Nashville, I think, because one of those teams could end up being in trouble as far as the playoffs go, yep. um, you know, as it all plays out. You know, and, and you know, who knows if, you know, I think Chicago is still a playoff team for sure, but, yes, but you know, they, they have definitely got a rebound. And I think, but I think the Predators have to look at it like, you know, they are, they barely made the playoffs last year, even though they had the great runs. So they still have to battle for sure, and they're still going to battle. And Rene is getting older. So there's a lot we're going to get into with that, but. Yeah, Calgary's a fun team to look at. We'll talk more about uh, – we'll get into another team tomorrow. I'm not sure quite – yeah, pretty much going in order, but we're trying as best if we can get somebody to talk to schedule like we're trying to get by, tie yeah, on, okay. talk about Boston, that kind of thing. So that's yeah. why we skipped um, Boston and Buffalo for now. Um, but we'll, we'll be moving on. We wanted to get to a Western Conference team as well. So there you go, guys. Remember, without the buzz, it is just oh, – oh, real quick before I go, Patreon T-shirts are being made today. I will have some to show off to, for you tomorrow. Um, they will be going in the mail, I'm assuming, either probably Monday in all likelihood. Um, so this is the last time to go on patreon.com slash hockey, become a member, um, just just help support our site, our, um, our our podcast here. Every cent you put in there goes to just paying the people who run this thing and making this work. And it's really important that, you know, that, that we have some support to do this because Mike and Russ and these guys, they work really hard. So um, let's make sure that we can do that patreon.com slash hockey if you get any value out of this at all you know like if it's if, if you want to put in a nickel a month that would be awesome um and then if you you know and also you know make sure you check out the messages on there to find out how you can get a t-shirt it's really not hard so just give me your eye uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll see where to where to mail the specifics so the t-shirt's kind of cool it says without the buzz it's just hockey on it it's pretty neat it's a cool little um thing it has you know doesn't have a picture of any of us so it's worth wearing <laughs> um and that's it without the buzz it is just hockey we will talk to you tomorrow Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.